welcome to another episode of Chart of Fortune, the astrology podcast where I look at the birth charts of the moments and things that made pop culture. I'm your host, Elise Blaylock, and we are gathered here today to witness the marriage event chart of Jessica Ann Simpson and Nicholas Scott Lachey. Do you, dear listener, promise to mentally transport yourself back to 2003? Do you take this pop star union to be your partner, to listen to their ascendant and moon placement in holy matrimony, to love their brief marriage, to honor their legacy of reality show stardom, to comfort and keep those episodes in sickness and in health, forsaking all other reality TV couples for as long as you all shall listen? Perfect! I now pronounce this episode lawfully wed. You may leave a five-star rating and review. Just don't hate me when I tell you that this wedding is a cash bar. But really, it's cancer season, and I would be remiss if I did not honor a cancer queen, Jessica Simpson. A few months ago, I listened to Jessica's memoir, Open Book. Side note, if you are a stressful, anxious person like myself, please consider getting it from your local library and getting the version where Jessica reads to you because it is incredibly calming. And all of my repressed Jessica fan memories as she was reading this book to me emerged like a Louis Vuitton never full bag from the back of the pop culture closet. Reminiscing about Jay Simps in the early 2000s was like putting on a pair of long-loved velour sweatpants. It felt right. It felt comfortable. It felt oh so fucking safe. Newlyweds aired when I was in high school, and like so many teenage girls, my family did not share my deep affinity for Nick and Jessica. Maybe they assumed that this show was like explicit. Maybe they thought it glorified getting married really young before you as a person had a chance to find yourself and explore the world. Or maybe they just didn't feel like watching an inane MTV reality show. Whatever the case was, I would sneak up to the front of our house to a tiny, tiny television in our kitchen. It was about like maybe eight inches across. And I would watch the second airing of the show around midnight. And I would absorb all 23 minutes of matrimonial magic. Now, this was a time, dear listener, if you are young, you might not know this, but cable, they air the television show at like nine o'clock and then they don't have programming that, you know, lasts all evening. So they repeat it at midnight. Every Juicy Couture sweatshirt she wore, every scene of Nick in basketball shorts and sleeveless oversized shirt complaining about the cost of anything filled me with joy. To a high schooler, this seemed like the illusion of what a cool marriage was. They live in a nice Calabasas McMansion, replete with all of the little alcoves and speckled granite countertops and brown wood tones an early 2000s interior designer could ever dream of. They went to dinner sometimes, or traveled, or just had a small dog and hung out in sweatpants and ate on their couch. It was everything I thought I could ever want. And the most impressive thing of all of this was the way Jessica made me actually believe that Nick wasn't a total jerk who looks vaguely like a husky dog. We all know I... We all know I tolerate and respect water sign men. Yes. Like Jessica in the early 2000s, I also found myself in a relationship with a Scorpio man who was never going to accept my zany personality and girly girl tendencies. And while I'd love to tell you that I now have a clothing and shoe empire worth over a billion dollars, the point is we both have moved on to men who are not Scorpios, and that's that's the best. And so, in honor of her upcoming birthday, I am looking at the birth chart of Nick and Jessica's relationship. 
And it would take two water signs to have a meeting that feels right out of a Hallmark meeting. So let's start there. <laughs> okay, Hallmark heads. They met at a Christmas parade in Los Angeles in 1998. He was there to perform as part of the boy band 98 Degrees. And she was there because apparently her manager was the same manager 98 Degrees had and invited her to go. According to Nick and Jessica, there was an instant connection between the two of them, with Jessica saying that he was the most adorable guy she had ever laid eyes on, and Nick admitting that he recruited his mom to help him talk to Jessica. She later admitted in a later interview uh, that Jessica knew she wanted to marry Nick immediately. And while that may sound creepy, she was 18 at the time, and to be honest, Pluto was in Libra, it was forming a conjunction to Mars her Mars in Libra in 2003. So she was feeling the need to log on to AOL and get that Plutonian researching of crushes as much as a girl can with a dial-up connection. Now they began dating after meeting again at a teen party in 2000, teen people party in 2000. Once upon a time, people magazine had an unsuccessful magazine called teen people. They had a party. This is where they met again. And Jessica even toured with 90 degrees later that year. They broke up for a few months only to reconnect after the September 11th terrorist attack when Jessica realized she wanted to spend the rest of her life with Nick. And just like they say in Harry Met Sally, when you want the rest of your life to start, you want it to start right now. He proposed in Hawaii in February 2002, and they immediately began planning their fairy tale wedding. And Jessica's dad, Joe Simpson, immediately began planning on how he could use Jessica's upcoming nuptials as a way to both advance her career and, of course, increase his bank account but we'll get to Joe later. It's perhaps one of the most open secrets of the early 2000s that Joe Simpson and Nick Lachey went together like the fashion trends of the early 2000s and minimalism. And that is to say, they didn't go together at all. And here's another open secret. This is only one of three things I will ever agree with Nick Lachey on. I am not a fan of Joe Simpson. He isn't either. Nick and I both love the show Love is Blind, partially because he gets a paycheck and because I like terrible television. And thirdly, Nick and I are both people that if given a chance, we would narrate the announcements and stops on public transit. So, in a shameless plug, Washington State Department of Transportation, or WestDOT, for the heads, I would love to announce the upcoming stops on our Link Light Rail, or maybe the South Lake Union Trolley, slut, if you know what I mean, like how Nick is the voice of the Cincinnati streetcar. Think about it. I can see why Nick and Jessica liked one another immediately, besides the fact that they were young and hot and matching blonde highlights. Besides the fact that they share a love of music and similar careers as second-tier pop stars, Nick is a Scorpio sun, Taurus moon, and Jessica is a Cancer sun and moon in a Scorpio rising. Nick is a Capricorn rising. When Nick says that he could talk to anyone the way he could talk to Jessica, I think that he's referencing the fact that she might have embodied some of those same Scorpionic traits he did. He's a Scorpio sun, she's a Scorpio rising, very similar vibes. Jessica always knew she wanted to get married in a white chapel, and they decided to marry on October 26th, 2002 at the Riverbend Church in August, Texas, Austin, Texas at approximately 5 p.m., According to, and this is where it gets a little sketchy, a wedding invitation image I found on a Pinterest account that seems to only archive celebrity wedding invites and keto recipes. In front of uh, 350 guests with a bouquet of Stephanotis flowers and a pearl encrusted, you know it's got to be the cancer birthstone for our girl Jess, Vera Wang ball gown, Jessica Simpson said I do to Nick Lachey. She recalled that the ceremony and planning the wedding 
all throughout, she wanted it to be like Romeo and Juliet. Yes, she really said that she wanted her wedding to be reminiscent of the star-crossed lover murder-suicide. And if you were doubting that Jessica is a Scorpio rising, this should have helped you uh, get that message home. And to add to the water sign emotionality of it all, Jessica said that she wanted she and Nick to exchange the same traditional vows because it united them with centuries of people who had said those same words to one another. Can we get a Cancer Sun, Cancer Moon moment? Hi, we're just living through it. During a particularly cringeworthy interview with David Letterman, but honestly, aren't they all cringeworthy now that we're looking back? Nick admitted that unlike stereotypical cis-hetero groups, he was very involved in the planning, but that's because he wanted to know how much everything cost. The wedding chart. So the chart of the moment where they got married, October 26th, 2002, at 5 p.m., is a Scorpio sun like Nick, a Cancer moon like Jessica, and a Pisces rising. There is so much water signs on here, I should have had a flotation device warning. I am so sorry. Hold on, if you're earth-heavy like me, this is just going to be a lot. First and foremost, people with a Pisces rising might have like a dreamy look to them. They could have very soulful eyes or like a soft kind of illusory vibe. But a chart for an event points to the idea that it's very Pisces rule. There are going to be Neptunian themes of illusion. Nick and Jessica are undoubtedly a stunning young couple. He is for sure the hottest member of 98 Degrees and the lead singer of the group. But, you know, he's a down-to-earth guy, just a normal dude. She is a blonde bombshell with a heart of gold and a beautiful voice. This pairing could not be more peak Americana if we tried. They are two young people navigating B-list celebrity and a music career together. They're forever joined for a life of shared blonde highlights, extensive workout regimens, and touring all over this fan nation. Together, in good times, like attending the VMAs, and bad times, like having to decide which Starbucks to fight off paparazzi in front of. And we all wanted to know, who wore the low-rise leather pants in this relationship? We couldn't wait to find out. And of course, we were treated to three seasons of a television show. Friendly reminder here, of course, that Neptune rules this chart because Pisces rising. And of course, Neptune rules television and film. And this television show would have a carefully crafted version and illusion of their relationship. Even Jessica pretending to be dumb on camera that fit that unassuming Pisces rising illusion. We underestimated her and we have been paying her ever since for our miscalculation. With a Pisces rising chart, the sun in Scorpio is in the ninth house of travel, higher education, philosophy, religion, and beliefs. The sun has its joy in the ninth house, which in Hellenistic astrology just means that the sun feels really at home in the ninth house. It likes being there. As mentioned in her book and demonstrated on many an episode of Newlyweds, Nick and Jessica had had a long-distance dating relationship, and they then had a long-distance marriage. And the sun in the night seems to point to these frequent traveling for performances, appearances, recordings, music videos, interviews, and so on and so forth. Jessica also has her natal sun and her moon, because they're both in Cancer, in the ninth house. She grew up moving with some frequency in her childhood because, of course, her dad was a pastor and they changed churches. And she later went on to host an international show called The Price of Beauty, which combined a couple of ninth house themes, that worldwide travel and discussions on different cultures, philosophies and beliefs, uh, in this case around beauty. 
In her memoir, Jessica also mentioned that she did a lot of frequent travel for USO concerts and how these were such significant moments in her life. So maybe in this moment, you're like me. Okay, Ninth House Sun, it's looking good. Like, how do we end up at the end of Newlyweds when we're like starting out so strong? So let me tell you this. As what happens with some occasional frequency around these parts, this next placement is one that I just didn't really connect with when I was looking at it in the birth chart. And that placement is the fact that the moon is in the fifth house. So if you were looking at this like placement in a birth chart for a person, you might be really tempted to ask them like, okay, fifth house, it's about kids and creativity. And then like the moon is there and the moon has this very nurturing parent energy. You might think like, oh, they really want to be a parent. And then you think, okay, Nick and Jessica are both parents to three kids, but they didn't have kids with each other. So what happened? What is this like moon in fifth house thing? Like, where's the kid angle here? But just like Nick trying to redecorate their house without Jessica's buy-in, I had gotten a little ahead of myself on this. The fifth house, especially if you're Hellenistic, it also points to the chart holder's sex life. And the moon being here is less about that nurturing moon parent instinct and more about the sex life of this marriage. Oh, I know what you're thinking. You really thought we would get through this episode and not even touch the whole Jessica's a virgin thing? Come on. As you most certainly remember, much was made about Jessica having a white dress and being a virgin until her wedding with Nick. And a quick side note here for anyone who's confused, white wedding dresses were about wealth and the social ability to own clothing, all white, that would stain easily. This was not a bleach-heavy time for all of human existence. Queen Victoria started this trend. She wore a white gown for her wedding because she was rich as shit, and it started the trend. But it's been co-opted over the years by purity culture, which had hit a zenith in the early 2000s. Jessica Simpson was a couple of years ahead of Disney stars like Selena and the Jonas Brothers, who once wore purity rings and then slowly shirked the impossible and unnecessary standard they had once been only so happy to promote. Much of the editing and some plot of Newlyweds the show echo the narrative that Jessica is just a big prude. And this was, at the time, very tabloid, tired fodder. You know, she made her boyfriend Nick wait for years until they got married to have sex. And once they got married, it was just more of the same, putting him off. But this isn't the case if we actually believe what Jessica and Nick had said. He said that their not having sex was never an issue while they dated. She said that she only regretted the marriage from a financial perspective. And she said that Nick was supposed to be her husband and take her virginity. And when she says she regrets it from a financial perspective, that's because she didn't sign a prenup and then had to pay Nick $12 million from her clothing line. Thanks so much. On a lighter note, I think the moon in the fifth house points to a certain level of playfulness and a childlike quality, and that is something that we do occasionally see in Nick and Jessica's relationship. They are younger, they make dumb jokes, they have a puppy love kind of quality, they aren't really great at being very domestic and established in their home. And so I think we get to see them, you know, navigate these new lessons of laundry and the dishwasher and grocery shopping and cooking um, as a young couple. And just as a general note, because I, I do think this is worth mentioning, I actually think that Nick and Jessica have compatible moon signs and thus have maybe similar emotional needs. 
Nick has his moon in Taurus and Jessica has her moon in Cancer. And these are, especially in old school Hellenistic astrology, considered some of the strongest moon placements. Because there are certain signs with every planet that it feels really good to that planet to be in those signs. And then signs where it's less comfortable. So the moon is the ruling planet of Cancer. So that's a really strong moon placement for Jessica. And the moon in Taurus is considered exalted. So it's also really powerful. And generally, I think people who have Taurus and Cancer placements can be really compatible on this idea that they want to build a comfortable and secure home life. They could be people who really value quality over quantity. And I think there's a certain sentimentality to both Taurus and Cancer placements. But... Cancer is a cardinal sign. Taurus is a fixed sign. There is a lot of stubborn, I am in charge energy. And I think that in a general discussion, Jessica and Nick had very similar goals for their lives. I believe that they did have some kind of conversation before getting married about things that they wanted. And they were probably very similar. They both probably wanted to be successful solo artists. They both wanted to be in a happy marriage. They both wanted to be parents. And they both probably wanted to be family people that saw, you know, their families relatively frequently, or at least at the holidays. But it's kind of the equivalent of like you and a friend agreeing and to like order a pizza and share that pizza. You're like, both are in agreement. Pizza sounds amazing. But when you start to place the order, and you're discussing what toppings go on it, there's like very different wavelengths. You maybe are craving like tons of cheese, lots of veggies, And then they stare at you in disbelief and say that the only pizza that they are willing to have is Hawaiian. Being close to Jessica's family drove Nick crazy. Being at home and being expected to be both a pop star and a housewife infuriated Jessica. Taurus Moon Nick is about security and a happy home life. But I think the more I watch Newlyweds, the more I am convinced that Nick either only knew how to have a very gendered traditional 50s style marriage or really was seeking that. And I think the fact that he has his moon in the fifth house points to the fact that Nick really does have an identity and an emotional need to be a dad and be a working husband and a provider and embody those Taurus moon material comfort vibes. But Cancer Moon Jessica wants to be like fully immersed water sign in her relationship. And when I think about two water signs together, I think about the idea that you pour like two cups of water into a larger vessel and then it's like where one person ends and the other begins, where one cup of water was and the other is like combined and impossible to tell. And I think she kind of wanted to like be completely herself. And I think she often felt shunned or judged by Nick. In her memoir, she details having an emotional affair with Johnny Knoxville and she says that It really was the idea that he really understood her and listened to her and didn't judge her or roll his eyes at her like Nick did. She says it never escalated to a physical relationship and she and Johnny were both married to other people at the time. But Jessica's cancer moon and this intensity for her meant that like this, you know, emotional connection she was forming with another person did feel like a full betrayal of her marriage. Okay, so ninth house sun, fifth house moon, What else do we have? Now, depending on how big of a house nerd you are, like how much you like to work with houses in birth charts, the following information I'm about to tell you could shock you. You might need to consider pausing the pod to, while you're driving, while you're walking, to just exclaim, I knew it. I 
fucking knew it. I knew it. I knew it. And if you are not a house placement nerd when it comes to birth charts, I will explain what the exclamations are about. We all know that Jessica and Nick do not work out. So maybe if you are a house person, it will not surprise you to learn that this marriage shirt has an empty seventh house of relationships. Virgo is the house ruler. We'll unpack that in a second. But let's start with the shock and awe. If you are a house freak, then that means that right now you are panicking or exclaiming or doing whatever it is the hell you do. Because who in the living fuck would have a wedding chart with an empty seventh house? The seventh house only just happens to rule the most significant relationships of our lives. Like not family, but like actual marriage. That's the house for it. And it's just sitting there empty. Like the newlyweds house and Nick's what's left of me music video. Like what the fuck? Well, let me just say this, though. While an empty seventh house is not auspicious for a marriage, bad idea, the reality is that everybody has some empty chart somewhere in their house. And this is where the Virgo things come on in. We have a Pisces rising wedding chart. And that means that seven signs later, ruling the seventh house is Virgo. But there are no planets in the sign of Virgo. In this, and that's why that house is empty. There are no planets sitting in there. So we have to look to... Virgo's ruling planet, which is Mercury. And in this case, Mercury happens to be in the sign of Libra, one house over in the eighth house. Now, Mercury in the eighth house of shared resources, shared money. So the second house is your money and the eighth house is money that you get as an inheritance or have from other people or stuff that you don't directly earn as a paycheck, but that kind of like comes your way. And Mercury in this house of those resources and shared money seems to point to a lot of discussions and possibly even fights over these shared resources and finances. And this brings me to another theme that we see a lot in newlyweds, which is Nick and Jessica's very different views on money. Now, we talked briefly about the eighth house in the wedding chart, but if you looked at Nick and Jessica's second house, now that's again, your money, your resources, they look very compatible. It's different, but it works. Let me explain. Jessica has Neptune in the second house of personal resources. And Neptune, wherever we see Neptune, right, it's dreamy. It's creative. And so she makes money by being a singer. She has a clothing line, a memoir. Jessica is good at making money in creative ways. So she has to be artistic in some way. And that's where she really excels. Nick has Jupiter in the second house, and that means that he's great at making money. There's a certain luck element to wherever Jupiter is in our chart. There's ease. And for Nick, that's been that he's been able to get lots of different kinds of jobs. He has hosted shows. He has appeared and won on The Masked Singer. Uh, he finds way to make money. Even the signs ruling their second house. Jessica has her Neptune in Sagittarius. Nick has the placement too, but it's just not in his second house. And Nick has Aquarius ruling his second house. And Sagittarius and Aquarius, they're kind of different people, but they form a very loose sextile because Sagittarius is a fire sign, Aquarius is an air sign. Anytime we see those a uh, fire sign and an air sign being compared, it's a sextile. It means it's like an easy relationship. They have a sign in between them, so they get along pretty well. They communicate okay. But these sextile vibes, you're like, wait, I thought we were doing well here. We're, we were screaming and now we're like, fine, because we're in the eighth house? Like, what is happening? 
these sextile vibes, it's not going to last. Okay. They're overshadowed by some crazy other placements. Jessica has her Venus in Gemini and Nick has his natal Venus in Capricorn. And if you know anything about Gemini and Capricorn, you know that they are too many signs away from one another to form a relationship. They just don't like connect. There are totally different elements, earth and air. They are totally different modalities. Gemini is mutable. Capricorn is cardinal. Earth and air, like, just doesn't see goat and two twins. Like, it just doesn't work. There's, like, a lot of, there's no connection there. They just, like, don't, they understand each other, but they don't connect. Jessica believes in sharing her money with her family members and her friends. We see her hire her friend Casey. We see her support her family. Um, And Nick likes to account for every penny that the couple spends, which is very Venus and Capricorn. Venus rules our relationship to money and our values. And that can also be our values about money. And they just think about money in completely different ways. A really good specific difference I'm going to offer to you is that they're talking about money and it's this during this same David Letterman cringe interview and Jessica confessed to Nick and the audience because he doesn't know this that she paid to have the ballroom carpet replaced for their wedding reception so they got married at a church then they have a reception at like a country club kind of venue so they had to forego an outdoor reception because it rained on their wedding day which is always good luck supposedly she agreed to have her wedding planner pick out a neutral carpet to color the star to cover this like kind of weird star patterned original carpet that's in the ballroom because it very much clashed with her soft pink and neutral color palette. Venus and Gemini Jessica, she has that kind of mutable air sign energy. She didn't think twice about replacing the carpet because it would look better. The guests would enjoy it. Her photos would look nicer. It just like made sense. She's just going with it. But Nick, with his Venus and Capricorn, could not comprehend that Jessica spent an incredible amount of money on temporary carpet, and it's like unnecessary, last-minute, aesthetically-minded decision. It's just like his face like literally is drained of all color. You just know that he's like calculating how many more ridiculous like meet-and-greets he's going to have to go to to pay for the stuff. The wedding chart itself has Venus in retrograde, I'm sorry, Venus retrograde in the eighth house. And I think that's really at the core of this conflict. Like we had that sextile, maybe it could work. Then we looked at their, you know, placements and you're like, okay, Capricorn, Gemini, not compatible. But this wedding chart really seems to spell trouble because Venus retrograde often points to maybe making financial choices in our love. Like Anytime we have a planet in retrograde in our birth chart, especially if it's if it's an inner planet, like not one of the like generational planets like Neptune, Saturn, Uranus, Pluto, those retrograde placements can actually really affect who we are as people. And a Venus retrograde could say that there's a, a sense of an, a, a high functioning Venus placement might be someone who really sees their own value and worth and then is able to translate that into really healthy and happy relationships with other people, with themselves, with money, with their values. But some of the Venus retrograde might not have the easiest time having that same experience. They might conflate money to value and worth and relationships, and they might make decisions that are financially based because they think that's how relationships work and that's how they provide value. 
And we definitely see this on the show. We see them buy lots of things to symbolize their connection to each other. Nick buys extravagant gifts for Jessica. Jessica at one point is climbing into a giant fake cake to surprise Nick for his birthday. And it, it must be said that this is probably a heady combination of producers whispering in their ears and Nick and Jessica wanting to go all out for the other person that results in these almost uncomfortable over-the-top gestures. Nick seems to feel uneasy with these moments. And I think while Jessica probably enjoys the gestures and the gifts, it's probably more her love language than his, it's clear that these moments are really great for the camera, but they really don't add a level of connection and communication that is clearly lacking throughout the show. The final placement I have to talk about for them is Pluto in the 10th house. Now this is like some Ashley Simpson lip syncing on SNL level of drama. Okay, let's be clear. Wherever Pluto goes, intensity, she's right there. And Pluto in the 10th can be a very divisive placement. Some people love you, some people can't stand you. And that's because the 10th house rules career and also public persona. And there's no way to talk about any of that stuff without talking about the real gadfly, the OG, Joe Simpson of it all. Now, Joe Simpson reached out to MTV about filming Nick and Jessica's wedding and their newlywed life for a show. MTV had originally pitched the show to Michael Jackson and Lisa Marie Presley in 1994, but they agreed to reboot the concept with Nick and Jessica. Here's a side note. I am okay with Joe Simpson existing in this Marvel Universe so long as he exists in the same Marvel Universe with Spencer Pratt and they make a TV show called like Reality Gods and it's like Shark Tank but for reality shows. Hear me out. I really feel like that's what we need. It's a lot of peroxide. It's a lot of misplaced fashion. You'd love it. It's happening. Let's get this together. Okay. The show Newlyweds was meant to like really have America fall in love with Nick and Jessica because the concept is very easy, right? They're a hot pop star couple. They're not the pop star couple, Brittany Justin, but Brittany Justin over by this point. And also the idea is like people are going to fall in love with them and whatever creative projects Nick and Jessica do next, people have watched them on TV and then want to pay to go get their music or buy their clothes or whatever it is. And the show did achieve some of these goals because Jessica Simpson's 2003 In The Skin album was a huge success. If you know anything about Joe Simpson, it will not surprise you to learn that this album, In The Skin, was released on the same day that Newlyweds premiered. But Nick's solo album, Solo, and that is spelled S-O-U-L capital O. I'm spelling this out so you get the same cold chill down your spine that I got because what the fuck is that spelling? That did not have the same success. Nick did not, you know, really easily make the transition from boy band hottie to solo career. And that is very true for many boy bands. In fact, that's very true of many girl groups. But this lack of equal success could be a couple of things. One, if you watch Newlyweds, Jessica comes off as much more likable, much more real on the show. But from an astrological standpoint, it's also very interesting that at this time, Pluto is in Sagittarius and is forming a very close conjunction to Jessica's second house, that Neptune in Sagittarius. So she's making some cold, hard cash. Neptune and Pluto coming together is can be a traumatic time where like illusions don't work out, but can also be a time where if it's well aspected, and in this case it is, we're seeing like this real like 
Pluto supercharged power energy, giving this Neptune like dreams and creativity a real boost. And what's interesting is that while Nick also has his Pluto in Sagittarius, because of course, you know, they're what, seven, eight years apart, um, and Pluto moves very slowly, so it's the same placement, his Pluto in Sagittarius is just too many degrees away to form a connection with this like moment and but he does have his north node in Sagittarius and this destiny point that we talk about is conjunct Pluto but it's interesting because of course like we have this destiny point and usually the north node is really positive stuff it's new stuff we need to work on and it being conjunct Pluto could go either way it could be this really transformative moment where you're kind of coming into your own power and destiny it can also really point to the fact that this this point that maybe we've held on to about where we're supposed to go isn't the reality of our destiny. We think that we're supposed to go to X and it's really Y. And Pluto is the tower card if you do tarot. So it is, it's a, it's not Uranus unexpected, but it is a power dynamic and it can be a power shift. And throughout Newlyweds, we see Nick, who had been the higher earning of the two, uh, and arguably more popular than Jessica, kind of shift into a secondary role, and Jessica really becomes the star of the show. If you have learned anything from this episode, I hope it's the next two things. The first one is you can have a a chart for your marriage or your birth chart that looks really crappy, and you can still be a really happy and successful person. The moment that you look at a birth chart or astrology and you think that's the only thing that you use to make decisions, you have sincerely lost the thread. Astrology is a tool. It is like a weather forecast. If it's, you know, say 90 degrees outside and you want to wear thick winter clothing, that is your choice. If you get heat stroke, it could be that you have bad luck or it could be that you knew it was going to be really warm and you decided to wear wool anyway. The second thing that I hope you take away from this episode and astrology in general is that the reasons that Nick and Jessica ended their marriage are about them as people. And it's not just like, oh, they had an empty seventh house. Like that's why they ended things. If you feel defined by your birth chart and this causes you ennui or anxiety, this is a friendly reminder to take a step back and realize that this is the astrological equivalent of a Polaroid picture of your life. Your birth chart is a snapshot in time that tells you so much about you, but in no way defines you. You cannot change your rising sign or your Pluto placement, but you get to choose what placements that you actively want to give important importance to, attention to, and which ones you just don't feel like dealing with. Now, that's not to say there aren't consequences for not dealing with things, but if something makes you really upset and not functioning, like, take a step back. You'll be fine. And finally... There is no way that Nick and Jessica knew enough about astrology in 2003 to have an astrologer and definitely not to get an astrologer of quality figuring out the most ideal marriage day and time for them to become legally bound to one another. And let's say they paid some fabulous world-renowned astrologer to find the ideal marriage day and time for them to become legally bound to one another. The destructive forces that are having your marriage filmed by strangers in your home all the time the stress of juggling two high-intensity solo singing careers, and the reality of being in your early 20s and never living with each other and then just getting married are enough to rip any two people apart. 
As you know by now, Nick and Jessica separate in November 2005, and they are divorced by June 30th, 2006, the latter of which falls in cancer season. I know, we've had a lot of water sign energy, and to be fair, they did separate during Thanksgiving, aka Sagittarius season, so it wasn't continuing the Scorpio cancer dynamic that you're probably sick of hearing. But we're not done with it. The cancer Scorpio themes continue in their current relationships. Nick married married Vanessa Manillo, who has the same birthday as Nick, which is like kind of weird, but is seven years younger than him. She's a Scorpio son, just like Nick. And I think that Nick is someone who really embodies the soul of what fixed sign energy is. And that fixed sign, of course, we can associate with Scorpio. Simply put, Nick likes what he likes. He seems like the kind of guy who always wants to watch sports and give his kids the same names as Kristen Cavallari's kids and the same guy who will claim to care about Ohio. And good for him, right? And Vanessa will always seem like a really hot person that was frankly created in a lab. She mentions in an article recently liking eucalyptus spray and total wireless. And thank you, Eve, for this scintillating report. Maybe, and this is me being perhaps overly optimistic, Nick and Vanessa like to keep their real personalities, assuming they have them, far from the prying eyes of the American public, like a real Scorpio would. Jessica married Eric Johnson, and Eric is a Virgo, and that means that Cancer, or Jessica's sun sign in Cancer and Eric's Virgo son form a sextile to one another. We talked about sextiles before, but it's that easy energy, and Jessica has said this in her memoir, that she feels completely herself with Eric. Another interesting element is that Jessica's Scorpio rising chart puts Virgo as the 11th house ruler. The 11th house is about larger community, friends of friends, groups we belong to, and Jessica met Eric through friends. Both Eric and Jessica are Cancer Moons, and it's very clear to me that they really have this Cancer Moon love connection. It's about being home. It's about hosting loved ones. It's about being like really nurturing and caring present parents. And weirdly enough, Nick and Jessica both remarried their current partners in Cancer season. Nick and Vanessa married on July 15th, 2011, and Jessica and Eric got married on July 5th, 2014. So maybe the original wedding chart having a Cancer moon was hinting that both Nick and Jessica do really want this secure Cancerian connection, but they aren't going to find that lasting connection with one another. And so I say cheers to them both. Whether you think chicken of the sea is tuna or you really think it's chicken, please remember that everyone and everything has a birth chart, but yours is a chart of fortune. Thank you for listening to Chart of Fortune. If you have questions, comments, or ideas for a future episode, I want to know about them. You can email me at chartoffortune at gmail.com or message me on my Instagram, Chart of Fortune. This podcast is researched, written, hosted, and edited by me, Elise Blaylock. And if you liked this or any episode you've listened to, please subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave a five-star rating or review. It helps other listeners find the show. And if you screenshot your five-star review and DM me on Instagram, I will mail you a glow-in-the-dark special edition Chart of Fortune sticker, all for your very own. I hope that you will join me on Friday for a new episode of Summer Friday Rich Girls. This week, I am covering the fourth episode of the MTV reality series Rich Girls. There are Ferraris, there are foreskin skincare products, there are new friends to meet, and there are some father-daughter bonding time. 
So until next time, I love you like Jessica Simpson loves a high-waisted, dark flare jean. And that is a transformational type of love. Bye!